The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The decisions you make in your health choices can truly reflect the current and future course of your life. Welcome to Wise Chats, Simple Talk, Profound Wisdom with your host, Dr. Mary Jo Bulbrook. Our show will bring leading-edge expertise to deep challenges faced by individuals and humanity. We'll draw on ancient wisdom as well as the latest research from our diverse guests. Now, here is Dr. Mary Jo Bulbrook. Welcome to the show. We're very pleased to uh, invite you today to listen to our special guests when we discuss the topic, Words, Well-Being, and Wonder. Uh, My guests today are Dr. Joel Bowman, who's a licensed master NLP programming and hypnotherapy and a Reiki master and teacher. He's been teaching for over 30 years and is a professor emeritus of business information systems. He's co-author of Healing with Language, Your Key to Effective Mind-Body Communication and has published 14 books and workbooks and numerous articles in referee journals. And his uh, business partner is Reverend Deborah Basham, who is a licensed master practitioner and trainer of neurolinguistic programming in hypnotherapy, and also certified in healing touch practitioner and a Reiki master teacher. Uh, the two of them are co developers of subtle communication systems, and creator, and Deborah is creator of the Imagine Healing Process. Uh, both of them are extreme um, sought-after presenters and uh, really good colleagues of mine. Deborah is a master storyteller that she shares with her open heart and everyone who needs to believe in and remember our own healing potential. And these two experts are here to join me and share their wisdom around our topic today of words, well-being, and wonder. Welcome to the show, Joe and Deborah. Thank Hello. you, Mary Jo. Hello, Mary Jo. Great to be here with you. Uh, well, I'm just going to leave it open to you, however you'd like to start. Um, um, and we'll just uh, jump in there and have a conversation about this topic and hopefully share some golden nuggets at different places to our listeners that they can have some takeaways with them to support them in their healing journey. That is really wonderful. And it seems appropriate to start with the word abracadabra because it's an Aramaic phrase that means I will create as I speak. In other words, language matters. Energy matters. Metaphor matters. 
awareness matters. It all matters. And we're here today to talk about the small changes that really bring about infinite results. We, we initially started working together because Deborah asked me to come to the center where she was teaching and uh, working as a holistic therapist and wanted me to teach them neuro-linguistic programming. And when we started working together, we began to think in terms of how NLP and energy medicine really were uh, natural combinations for achieving results energetically and linguistically that were difficult to achieve in other ways. We pretty much figured out that we were the missing key, the words to the song, you've got a brand new pair of roller skates, I've got a brand new key. And we began to discover that the unconscious mind is very literal. And we knew about, I knew about energy medicine. I knew about the chakras, but I hadn't really understood that there was an actual chakra-based communication. And what's in the way is the way. When we would do an interview, the individual, the words that they would speak would actually identify what the energetic problem was and they would point in the direction of what had originally caused the presenting problem to come to be a problem. As, as we started working together, uh, Deborah invited me to have a session on her table and when she put her hand in my field, I could feel the energy move. And so I asked a typical NLP question, how did you do that? What exactly did you do? And that's called metamodeling. It's looking to see how exactly somebody achieves a particular goal when you don't know. And so Deborah and I began to talk about the process of working with the energy and using the energy to achieve certain kinds of goals. One of those goals is physical, but it really transcends that. We're talking about the emotional difficulties that people have and the psychological, the mental, the, the spiritual challenges. And we borrowed from the original work was done by Stephen Karpman back in 1968, on the drama triangle and he posited that there was this uh, relationship to um, victim, rescuer or hero, persecutor and what ended up coming about for us is that we began to observe that there were subtle nuances in people's language so they're telling their story about where they went or what they did or what has happened to them in their life. And the specific way that they describe that will allow you to know, are they, are they playing the role of a victim? Are they playing the role of uh, uh, a rescuer? Are they playing the role of the um, persecutor? Yeah, I, lo- I lost, actually lost my train of thought there. And, and the important part of that was 
even including something like someone has a diagnosis of cancer, how often in our culture there's a war-based model that gets developed around that and pretty soon someone is, you know, they're battling cancer and I don't know about you, Mary Jo, but when I look at wars, there are not winners and losers. There are, there are um, pe- people, cultures who pay huge prices and it's, they call a winner out of the one that lost the, the least. And so we, as we began to really let the heart of this awareness develop, we, we came to create a second triangle that we called the cognitive triangle that was fueled by imagination. So the important part about imagination is it accesses what we would call the right brain process. And most individuals have not had any idea at all that there is a structure to the subjective experience that they're having, that there are mental pictures that they're making, there are inner voices, uh, inner sounds, there are sensations in their body. There's a wonderful book uh, by Richard Bandler, uh, Use Your Brain for a Change. And that's exactly what we began to do. We began to pair up energy medicine with neuro-linguistic programming and it allowed individuals to access their own intuition, uh, higher sense perception. We would teach an ability that we called listening in layers because communication is redundant. And whether one thinks they can or whether they think they can't, we know that they're probably right. So in the cognitive triangle, the amazing thing about the cognitive triangle is that it can either reinforce the drama triangle or it can lead to a higher awareness that we borrowed the term transrational from the amazing writer and philosopher Ken Wilber. Um, I'm, I'm not sure where Deborah wants me to go here because one of the things I think we need to introduce is a little bit about how NLP got its start and the, the main content of NLP. It's, NLP is really the study of the structure of subjective experience. Subjective experience, that is the experience that we're having inside our brain, as opposed to the experience we were having in the outside world, has structure. And the thing is that most of this structure is below conscious awareness for people who have not been trained. We all know that we can visualize things that happened in the past might happen in the future by creating images or movies inside of our mind that we think about. The, the, the less than technical term is go inside. Well, go inside and imagine what that would be like. And we, we create movies. We create movies with soundtracks. 
We create movies that actually produce feelings as we're thinking about them. So our internal subjective experience is based on things that we have seen and put inside our mind, things that we have heard and put inside our mind, or feelings that we have had at one point or another and remember. And as we engage in activities, all those things are going on in the background. We are recording images, we are recording voices, we are recording feelings, and those become then our subjective experience. Uh, the uh, basic book by Richard Bandler and John Grinder is Use Your Brain for a Change. Use Your Brain for a Change. And one of the things about that is as you begin to think about how you are using the visual images, how you are using the auditory images, you begin to see how you can use those to change the way you actually interact with the environment. When we looked at the drama triangle, the cognitive and the transrational, it became really obvious that the roles on both the drama triangle and the cognitive triangle were operating below the level of conscious awareness. We would notice that when individuals would tell their story, you would hear things like, I can't, you always, you never... And that was pointing to that victim mentality. And what, because the thoughts and the feelings and the behaviors associated with these roles were below the level of conscious awareness, it was really easy for individuals to have what Virginia Satir called the lure of the familiar. In other words, they would recreate the same problems. Joel knew a woman that had been married, I think, three times, and she said to him that the man that she was married to right now was just like her father, and so were all the other men, and she never liked her father. And it's an amazing reality to know that you really can bring into awareness the ability to get off the drama triangle, to become more transrational, and to make choices that really fill your life with the kind of experiences that you desire to have rather than the kinds of drama that you have been having. And what? I was just going to comment, Deborah, on uh, the points that both you and Joe are making. Is I I really think uh, what you are doing is really very very significant of blending the two different uh, worlds, such as the energetic world with the psychological mental world. And one thing that I found, I also am a mental health professional as. Uh, um, Joel has had a lot of experience with that as well. And in the way that traditional medicine had been approaching problems was more the pharmacological approach to bring about changes. And right. I remember thinking, yes, that did bring about changes, but many times 
for from my experience, and I've worked in a lot of different kinds of mental health situations, but what I found, uh, it didn't seem to support empowerment of the individual. And by that, I mean giving them, uh, it helped them con- to control some of their symptoms, but not so much the tools to reshape their destiny. And right. that's what I think the two of you have done in combining uh, the two in your work, um, and I just wanted to kind of reframe that. That that is so so very true, Mary Jo, and that's what we hope today. We'll not just talk about what we've done, but be able to share some tips about how people can do it for their lives as well. Yes, we're um, almost to a, a break here coming up in. What I'd like to do in the second part of the show, uh, just as you were indicating, is uh, for us to give some concrete descriptions of things that people can do to make changes in their lives. And, you know, I I wouldn't have believed it had I not experienced it, nor had I not known it. And um, I also am a colleague of Virginia Satir, who you talked about her work being foundational to uh, the NLP movement. And this is what I find so, and I think Handler and Grinder's, one of their original books was called The Structure of Magic. And I loved that title. And I remember the first time I heard it, I go, magic has structure You know, it seemed like uh, an oxymoron to it because some people say magic, oh, it just happens. We don't know anything about it. And what we're looking at is finding at the tools, how to break information down and that what we say, what we do, what we think. And I think you indicated three different uh, dimensions, our feelings, our sound and our thoughts that they all get stored energetically. And that's how we're going to find out uh, how to make the change. So when we come back from our break here, let's, uh, um, I'll invite you to come up with some, uh, from your experiences and your teaching, some golden nuggets, as I call them, for our listeners to uh, use as takeaways in their own uh, journey, as well as some tips for professionals. How's that sound? Wonderful. That's good. Okay. All right, well, uh, we'll go ahead and take our break now and then uh, come back um, and jump right in on those topics. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. 
visit the Energy Medicine Partnerships website at www.energymedicinepartnerships.com for workshops, classes, and special events promoting health and healing. These holistic programs are available for both health professionals and lay individuals. Water Lily Press NC provides the teaching materials for these programs, and you can find a link to Water Lily Press NC when you visit energymedicinepartnerships.com. While you're on the site, you may also check out Akamai University's Distant Education Programs, where Dr. Mary Jo Bullbrook is Director of the Complementary Therapies Programs. Akamai University offers postgraduate diploma clinical education programs preparing clinicians, practitioners, and specialists in complementary therapies, as well as both master's and doctoral education in complementary therapies. For more information about Akamai University, visit akamaiuniversity.us. That's A-K-A-M-A-I university.us. And for more information about Energy Medicine Partnerships, visit energymedicinepartnerships.com. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. This is Wise Chats, Simple Talk, Profound Wisdom. To reach Dr. Mary Jo Bulbrook or today's guest, please call us at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Mary Jo at EnergyMedicinePartnerships.com. Now, back to Wise Chats. Welcome back to the show. One of the things I like to do with each show is to bring forward some uh, uh, guidance through the Wellness for All cards that I have designed, as well as the affirmation cards. And so I want to lead into this part of the show with uh, this wellness uh, saying, and it's titled, In Charge. You are in charge of your destiny. You have the power to master your life. Make it what it, you want it to be. Keep your focus on the divine destiny of your soul and work to achieve it. Let go of doubts and negative emotions that cloud your judgment and fill you with indecision. Draw on the power within you and go forward effortlessly. And one of the things that I find is oftentimes we block ourselves from getting to where we need to be through fear. And uh, so the affirmation card that I've chosen for this show is let go of fear. And the message is fear holds you back from becoming all you can be. Let go of fear and become free to explore new territory and enrich your life. And the affirmation is, I am letting go of fear and becoming all I can be. And I think both of these cards are a good lead-in to where we are now. One is that we're taking charge of our lives. We're learning new information and ways on how we can express what we need to say regarding things that have hurt us or created problems in our lives. And we're also letting go of fear that may have held us back. So I now turn it over to you, uh, Deborah and Joel, to 
um, take us to some new places with how we can deal with our lives. Well, the last thing you asked before we went to break was about something from the past, and we can use that as a bridge. You mentioned the first book by Bandler and Grinder about NLP called The Structure of Magic. And you referenced Virginia Satir, who was one of the people that they modeled when they first began developing neurolinguistic programming. The other two were Milton Erickson, a very famous hypnotherapist, and Fritz Perls, who was the founder of a branch of psychology. And one of the things about this is that the in combination, especially with energy medicine, you have a lot of flexibility over how to approach things because people always demonstrate what's going on inside by what they do outside. So if people say, last week, most people will gesture to their left, showing that they have stored information about the past on their left. They will say next week, and they will gesture to their right. You will see their eyes move to the left and the right, which led to the development of what Bandler and Grinder called eye-accessing cues, because people use their eye movements to show you the kinds of things they're accessing with their eyes. And we also have noticed that people will gesture to different chakras based on what they are communicating. So when somebody puts a hand to his or her chest, the heart chakra, and then moves the hand out toward another person, they're trying to communicate from the heart chakra. And so we can always tell by careful observation what's going on inside somebody as they are engaged in conversation. The presenting problem is not the problem. The problem really is a lack of awareness. I often tell people when they come in, how, how do I know that they are a good hypnotic subject? And I very honestly say, I know you're a good hypnotic subject because you've come in with a problem that you haven't solved. If you weren't a good hypnotic subject, you would have already been able to have solved that for yourself. So it's really not a matter of fixing a problem as much as it is expanding awareness. Essentially, if you're feeling afraid, angry, or both, you're playing a role on either the drama or the cognitive triangle. The specific chakra-based language will let you know if you're interested what chakra. So when people are saying things like, I don't have a leg to stand on, you pretty well know they're talking about the, the base chakra. And the reality of helping someone understand, recognize, and change the metaphors that they are living within is how they end up getting free from the problem. I had a young man that was a single father, and the mother of his child had a, a recurring difficulty with with drugs and was really not a fit mother and he was embroiled in this situation of trying to care for his son and navigate the legal system and when I asked him to tell me about the problem he said it's just like I'm up against a brick wall and so I simply 
was asked of him, what, have you gone to the edge? Just see where the edge of the brick wall, because no matter how big a brick wall is, a brick wall isn't infinitely of size. And he said, I, I, I never tried. And I said, well, just, just see what happens if you go to the edge. And in his mind, he only had to go over uh, just a, a foot or two. And there was a space that he could actually go around this brick wall. Well, when he went around that brick wall, in his mind, then he could see solutions. He actually saw opportunities for helping his son develop in ways that were growing out of the difficulty rather than something that was insurmountable like this brick wall. And often when we're working with individuals, once you are able to, that key phrase, go inside, make an image that represents the problem that you used to have. And when you go inside and you make that image, now you are actually changing the structure of that subjective experience. This same young man discovered that his desire to take care of his son. There's the role. There was the fear that was generated within that role. What if I'm not able to keep my son safe? His desire to take care of his son made him behave in ways that actually endangered the safety of his son. He would get so angry, in fact, he did get so angry at one point, he ended up in a domestic violence uh, case with, with the mother of, of his son. And so by looking at the fact that when he, he didn't want to let go that desire to keep his son safe. So I asked him, what characteristic, what attribute did he need more of at that time? And he called it wise. He needed to be wise, not just strong, not just vigilant, but wise. So I asked him what might allow him at those times when he needed to be the most strong, the most vigilant, the times that had prior caused him to be very vulnerable what what was there something that would could represent those working together and being a mechanical person in fact he made his living as a, a mechanic he came up with a twin engine an outboard motor a twin engine outboard motor because although there are two motors that work independently the control panel for that is one single panel, one single switch. And so he, in his mind, paired up that the more angry he would get, the more frustrated he would get, the more concerned he would get, the wisdom, the integrity, the level-headedness would increase at the exact same level so that he was always acting in a way 
that allowed him to truly keep his son safe rather than reacting in a way that put his son at risk. That makes a lot of sense. My favorite NLP technique is the fast phobia cure, which makes use of all of the sensory systems in a way that allows a person to undo phobic responses. It will also work for post-traumatic stress disorder, although it takes more time, effort, and care to undo uh, post-traumatic stress than it does to eliminate a phobia. And with the fast phobia cure, you're actually using a form of covert hypnosis. The person goes into a trance, although isn't aware of it, because you're getting the person to go inside to think about whatever the phobia is about, come back out, go back inside, come back out, go back inside. And so what Bandler and Grinder did when they came up with, and this is really more Richard Bandler than it is John Grinder, came up with a fast phobia cure, what they, the original form of the process was to have the person go into a movie theater and then they would watch a black and white film of themselves watching the movie. So they would put their consciousness in the projection booth, watch themselves, watch the movie in black and white from start to finish, from a point of safety to point of safety, going through whatever it was they were afraid of, a snake, a spider, uh, or whatever, and then they would step into the movie, make it color, run it backwards as fast as they could. And in the running that movie backwards in their brains, you actually change the shape of the synapses that have wired in that particular fear or phobia. And it's really interesting to watch people who will come in with a presenting problem so bad that they're crying, they're weeping, they can barely stand to do it, and have, that, have them leave within 30 minutes, 40 minutes, without any phobic reaction whatsoever. Very interesting process. Subjective experience. And in fact, when we would train the fast phobia cure, we would always know that the, that it was done because the way the person would respond when you would ask them, what, what do you think will happen when you are confronted with, with this you know, trigger in the future? And they would always say, I don't know, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, this is someone who was sobbing moments before and now they have to wait and see. And when you talked about empowerment, Mary Jo, the, the other than conscious part of an individual, it's like they have a million dollars in the bank, but they just have forgotten their PIN number. I always make sure that they know that this is not something that I'm doing for them or to them, that it's really a learning that they are engaged in that will assist them in every situation for the rest of their life. That, that, that Once they know how to do that movie theater, they can do that about anything that they bump into in, in an experience that triggers an emotional response. And that clears the energy from that particular chakra 
allowing the individual to be consciously aware. If you imagine dragging luggage from every trip you ever took on the next trip, you would know that it's a really good thing to energetically clean those neural pathways and allow you to be aware in your own life really of being able to create the world that you want to live in. You can find us on SCS Matters, scs-matters, M-A-T-T-E-R-S dot com. We'll be glad to answer questions if you have them. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. And, you know, Deborah, as you were speaking, uh, what came into my awareness is um, the concept of how not only what happens with us individually as we experience a world, but that as an individual and in a family or in an organization or in a group, um, in our in our work life, we are influenced by the people around us. And the people around us can either help support our health and well-being or they can be a force that makes it much more difficult uh, to be in our state of health. And, um, and it's almost as if where some of the imprinting that came in our lives were shaped by the experience around us and be alerted to that when we get to the stage with this new process of trying that uh, it's a tool that you can pass on to other people uh, for them also to use. It's a very... It's a very simple yet profoundly effective. Our phrase is um, small changes, infinite results. Simply changing color, painting away. Um, if, if I'm working with someone who is experiencing uh, an amount of pain, asking them what color does that pain feel like, and they will automatically give you a color. They, they hadn't thought about that. I'll share more about the color when we're looking at the way individuals can prepare for uh, surgery or other navigate other healing uh, crises. That entire process is called the Imagine Healing Process. But as simply as helping someone imagine, just putting their consciousness out of the realm of the problem state that they've been in and just shifting to the imagination. Imagine what color, uh, make an image that proves to you that things have gone so well, even better than you might have imagined. That process alone is changing where they are operating from in their brain We've learned a lot with functional MRIs now, and we actually understand that, and allows the individual to take responsibility for the experience that he or she is having. Often individuals end up feeling very optimistic about their outcome, and more than that, their healing experiences that came very young in life, pre-language, pre-crawling, 
even through things like we would call archetypes or uh, past lives or uh, birth trauma. So a wonderful way of empowering the individual for healing on all levels. I'd, I'd like to comment on the uh, piece you made, uh, uh, the point you made about um, color in surgery. Uh, a number of years ago when I had surgery, one of my colleagues in um, New Zealand called me on the phone. And she, her name is Rose Perry, and she's a Maria Tahuna, and keeper, keeper of the ancient wisdom of New Zealand. Very, very powerful woman. And I hadn't told her that I was going to have surgery or actually was sick. I hadn't been in communication uh, with her for a while. But uh, she called me on the phone, and she said, Kiora, Mary Jo, how are you doing? And I go, Rose. Uh, actually, um, I'm not doing too bad, but I'm in the hospital. I just had surgery. And the first words out of her mouth were, what color are you? Well, nobody ever had asked me that question before. And I did, as you had indicated. I went inside in uh, to see if I got a color, and something came to mind, and I said whatever it was. And she says, oh, that's not quite right yet. And so then... She started uh, speaking some Maori language and saying some additional things. And then she said, and now what color are you? And I went inside and said that color. And uh, eventually, I think she did it about three times. And on the third time, she said, okay, that's it. Goodbye. And hung up. <laughs> I was dumbfounded. I, was at, I couldn't believe it. But the next day, all of my symptoms that I was having were gone. Yeah. And I think that's an example of uh, what you were talking about, the um, color that I articulated through her encouragement uh, put me in a different part of the brain as well as uh, the medium of empowerment through some of the uh, energetic uh, aspects what she is doing. Right. And this is what we're finding when we blend different cultures when we blend knowledge bases of different kinds and we work together as a unit to help solve the problems and I'm I'm so um what's the word eager is a minimal word to that describes the way I feel I feel like a hurricane wanting to explode trying to Go to the men who are men and women who are making the decisions about health care, in particular in the United States, and say, please expand your vision of how to change what is going on in health care by using some other methods that have found to be proven successful through research, because I know there is research on NLP and yeah. beginning research in energy medicine, that and these are inexpensive ways to make changes and uh, give people the tools to make the difference in their lives. And the, what you're describing are things that are low cost or no cost and yet so powerful. Joel and I have really dedicated ourselves about making an online presence so individuals are able to learn this both directly and more subtly 
I have a weekly wellness tip online. Joel and I both have blogs online. We have a monthly Beyond Mastery newsletter on our website. That's SCS, stands for Subtle Communication Systems, hyphen matters.com. We have language tips for healthcare professionals. We have got an entire website that's designed to re-educate healthcare professionals in the use of language. It's it's the surgical support.info and we've got on there uh, a document preventing white coat syndrome and we have information about healthy ways to take medications. Individuals will often they're going to take a medication or have a, a surgical or some kind of a treatment, but they're in such conflict about it that instead of receiving the benefits, you know, they're they're taking the medication and they're thinking, I, I wish I didn't have to take this. I know this is horrible for me. I know this can't be good for me, you know. And what we've really made available, and Joel is also on staff at Akamai University. I know that it's such a, a wonderful way to help individuals, including patients themselves. That's the ImagineHealing.info website. So someone can use the Imagine Healing process for something like getting a new job or getting out of a challenging situation that they've had with, uh, you know, right now there's a lot of crises in, in corporations. And this process really allows you to utilize the power of the unconscious resources. In fact, Joel has uh, a little... Um, a little process online that you can see what if you're a hypnotist and and did not know it because words are very hypnotic and an individual is speaking it's the abracadabra i will create as i speak and by using energy language and the combination where these dovetail together, the individual is able to actually activate healing and wisdom and intuition and all of the things that we were created as and with. One of the things that you uh, implied with your question about changes in the way medicine is being practiced. Um, We currently have kind of a mix of what you might think of as the old and the new, the mystical and the so-called scientific. And one of the things about Western medicine, the the kind of medicine that the typical doctor is taught in medical school, it's very good for acute Problems. You break an arm, you want to see an orthopedic guy. You want to have that arm set. But a lot of the problems that people are facing these days are chronic rather than uh, acute. And so 
they need some way to deal with the chronic problem. And so far, Western medicine has not come up with any good ways to deal with chronic problems. The kinds of things that people get, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, and things of that variety, aren't really well-suited to treatment by Western medicine. They want to give people uh, uh, antidepressants. They want to give them uh, other kinds of pharmaceutical interventions that sometimes cause as many problems as they do. So if you take a sleep medicine, for example, if your doctor prescribes you sleeping pills, very often what happens is that they may work for a little while, but then you need to start taking more of them to be able to get the same effect because the body adapts to those kinds of things. And what the so-called shamanic or energetic approach to medicine does is it works with those chronic conditions in ways that Western medicine can't touch. So I think it's really important that people be holistic in the way they think about things so that they make good choices about what kind of person to see for what kind of problem. So if you have a phobia, the traditional scientific way of dealing with it is repeated exposure to the phobic item. So a psychologist will take a person who's afraid of flying, uh, have them look at pictures of airplanes, have them watch videos of airplanes, will take them to the airport and look at airplanes from a distance. And so over a period of weeks or perhaps months, the person will finally get to be able to get on an airplane where he or she will sit semi-petrified. The phasphobia cure does it all inside and removes the element of fear by changing the way people think and feel, the way they process information visually, auditorily, and kinesthetically. And you can change that, that fear in as little as 15 or 20 minutes. Uh, that's really an important point that you're making, Joe. And uh, the more we can share our work with others, that each little uh, part begins to help reshape the destiny of uh, either a profession or an individual. And I've been in this uh, business a long time since I'm in getting close to age 70. So I've been around the mental health field uh, since the 60s, which is quite a considerable time, and have seen the evolution of how illnesses were approached or treated. And the combination of uh, what we're doing is like some of the energetic approaches is capturing wisdom from ancient times that um, will give us clues on how to uh, empower and support the person in their illness. And I, I recently had um, a, a rash come out that uh, I was concerned about because I was scheduled to be with my three-year, three-month-old uh, grandbaby. And I took one look at that and I thought, this might be the start of shingles. And I go, um, I really shouldn't be around uh, an infant with this. So I went to the doctor um, and because I know other things to do, and I actually had been working on balancing my energy, 
and uh, had been going through a personal crisis, so I knew to look at body, emotion, mind, and spirit all together. And the doctor said, well, you're not having some of the same symptoms, and I don't know how to diagnose it. And I looked at it, and I go, I, I know that's what it is. This is shingles. But where it appeared, it was on what is called the lung meridian. Yeah. And that's dealing with sadness and grief, yeah. which were the dynamics that I was dealing with. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I kept thinking, uh, you know, I didn't end up taking the drug that cost $100. I worked on it energetically, and in just a few days, it's almost completely gone now. Yeah. And the, these are tools. They aren't made-up tools. These are tools that work and have a good scientific basis now in uh, what is making uh, the difference. So, um, if anything, if we, we leave our listeners to uh, be aware there's more out there to help you with your challenges, whether they're um, physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual and we have just a couple minutes left, so I, I'd like to invite you, uh, if you'd, uh, any closing statement you want to make before we end, um, we have just about two minutes left, uh, what you'd like to say. Well, my closing statement is that I'm glad to work with veterans who are suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder for free. As a Vietnam veteran myself, I have a strong affinity for uh, the people who serve our country in that capacity, and I'm I'm glad to do what I can do to help them for free. And I would just encourage people to check out all of the things at our website and make contact. Both of our emails are there. Um, phone. We have um, an amazing amount. We have audios. The reason we've made these products available are really to serve individuals' lives. And that website, again, is just simply scs-matters.com. And from there, you can access all kinds of things. And we're both very available by email, by, um, by Skype. And our job here is to actually help individuals live their lives to the fullest. Well, I'd like to thank both of you for um, sharing your expertise and making available in uh, easy ways uh, that there is other support that uh, you can get and individual or family members to get can get to support them in their journey. And never underestimate the power is uh, in our hands, to in our minds, in our visioning, in our imagination, in through both uh, prayer, listening inside, getting the support from others, a tremendous amount can be done to make changes in our lives. Yeah. Uh, it, we're in partnership with the healthcare industry. It's not, they're doing something to us. We're here to work together as a team. Get off that drama triangle. and There get, you go. Get, get into awareness that actually creates win-win. We always say it's never too late to have a happy childhood and there's always time to live happily ever after. Thank you for having us, Mara Jo. It's my pleasure and thank you for being on the show and all the best to you. 
I also have your information on my website, so uh, feel free to uh, contact me, and I'll put you in touch with Joel and Deborah as well. Yeah, Take now- care. Thank you, Mary Jo. All right. Bye-bye. Tune in next week for some more wise chats. Thanks again for being a part of Wise Chats. Please join your host, Dr. Mary Jo Bulbrook, again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America's 7th Wave Channel. We hope that you have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.